0: This is a Triple J Podcast.
1: Hack.
0: Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. You're at a club, a gig, a festival, someone brushes up against you. Maybe you feel a little push or a scratch, and most of the time it's nothing. It is just a bump, a push, a scratch. But for some people, it's a lot more sinister. They probably don't know it yet, but they may have been spiked with a needle injected without their consent we're focused on needle spiking for this special edition of hack we don't know how often it's happening we don't really know who or how people are doing it but what we do know is it's being reported all over the world including here in australia Hack.
2: afterwards if i'm quite drunk like i'll know and this just felt very
3: wrong Just not a good thing to think about like why why would you do it on triple j
0: Yeah, we all know about drink spiking. As soon as you start going out, you're hearing stories. And maybe you're thinking, oh, they're just stories. It's not really happening until it happens to you. You've only had a couple of drinks, but you're starting to feel pretty sick. Or maybe you're acting out. Your friends can't control you. You don't feel in control of your body. Maybe you're feeling like this without having had any alcohol at all. The realities of drink spiking are so scary, and that's why bar staff a lot of the time are so strict about leaving drinks unattended. They'll come up, they'll say, is this your drink? They'll take drinks that people have left abandoned. But what about needle spiking? Like, is this something you've heard of? That's when someone injects you with something using a really fine needle. It sounds like it is out of a spy movie, but it's happening. There are thousands of reports of it overseas, in Europe especially, but we're hearing stories of needle spiking here in Australia too. If you have been the victim of needle spiking, get in touch. What happened? Did you report it? Did people believe you? Message in, 0439757555. Well, Hack's been speaking to young Australians about their experiences as part of a big investigation we're doing into spiking. Our reporter, Kimberly Price, spoke to two young Aussies, Ross and Taylor, about what happened to them. And just a warning, you might find some of this story distressing.
2: I can't really do anything about it. I shouldn't have to do anything about it. It's not like I'm going to be able to, like, wear body armour or something so I don't get needle spiked.
1: It was broad daylight on a Sunday when Taylor was spiked with a needle. It was November last year when Taylor, that's not her real name, was partying with her friend Ross, that is his real name, in Sydney's Ivy Complex. They arrived at the club for a Sunday sesh around 3pm. But after 5.30, neither of them remembers a thing.
3: It's very, very patchy. I remember probably like a brief second of maybe talking to my partner and then, yeah, I just remember just waking up, trying to figure out what was going on.
2: It was just a case of like a big
1: blackout, like hours completely blacked out, which never happens when I drink. Taylor had been texting a friend that evening, but after a few jumbled messages, Taylor stopped replying. Her friend knew something was wrong and came to the venue where she found Taylor on the ground in a bathroom cubicle and took her home to her mum around 9pm. Apparently I was very, very white in the face. Like, I um, lost
2: like, a lot of colour and then I was vomiting and everything.
1: That's when Taylor's mum noticed a blood stain on her daughter's white pants and decided to call an ambulance.
2: My heart had an extra beat at the time, which was quite pronounced. And in my state, they were like, or we're just going to bring it to hospital just to check that everything's all right.
1: Meanwhile, Ross has no recollection of what happened after 5.30, except for a few flashes of the dance floor and heading to the bathroom.
3: According to my partner, I tried to order an Uber, got in an Uber, but then couldn't find my way to the hotel. Apparently I ordered another cab to get me back to my hotel, even though I was just in front of it.
1: Somehow, Ross found his way to bed and went to sleep. Just before midday, he woke up to a message from Taylor.
3: She had like the mark on her body and everything and had been to hospital. So she thought, oh, I should just check myself just in case. So yeah, I checked myself and obviously found the spot and some blood on my clothes.
1: Needle spiking is where a person is injected with a form of drug against their consent. It's usually a small needle, not like the ones when you're getting vaxxed. Over the past couple of years, needle spiking has started popping up in headlines across the country. And in the UK, it actually led to our widespread streets,
0: protests.
1: Needle spiking first became a major thing in the UK when uni started in 2021. More than 2,500 reports of needle spiking were made to UK police from September 2021 to August 2022. In early 2022, UK students boycotted clubs and pubs. They took to the streets in protest and declared a girls' night in in over 50 British cities against the rising spiking incidents. The UK government spent two years looking into spiking and public awareness has really ramped up after the appointment of a national police lead for violence against women and girls with a focus on spiking incidents. Back home, things are really different. After Ross and Taylor were spiked, they didn't contact police because they didn't think it would make a difference.
3: I remember a few days prior I had a conversation about the hospital and cops in Sydney. So I kind of decided it's probably best for me not to do that just based on the fact of how they are with people and spiking.
1: New South Wales police told Hack they had been working to support and promote safe drinking in pubs and clubs with drink covers and coasters. Drink or food spiking carries a maximum penalty of two years imprisonment in New South Wales and or an $11,000 fine. Where a drink is spiked and another crime occurs, such as a sexual assault, the offence carries a much higher penalty, up to 25 years in jail. While there is no specific law targeting needle spiking, it is illegal via other laws, like using an intoxicating substance to commit a crime or assault. When Taylor contacted Ivy's parent company Merivale a few days later to tell them about the spiking, she was kind of shocked with the response. The Merivale staff member said they watched the CCTV footage from that Sunday.
2: The person that I spoke to basically said, you drank this much, you spent a lot of time with a man that
1: wasn't my friend
2: that I came with, and you made out with him quite passionately. It sounded like slut shaming.
1: Taylor says the venue's response made her feel gaslit and gave her an extra hurdle in her recovery.
2: I couldn't believe it. Like, are you really saying that this is my fault? That someone in your venue did this to me and then
1: I didn't really get the help that was needed in order to fix that. Hat contacted Ivy operator Maryvale, but they did not respond by deadline to multiple requests for comment. After seeing his doctor, Ross said he had blood work done to check for needle-borne illnesses twice.
3: I think it was, like, just to check for the main viruses and stuff like that. I did my test every three months, I think.
1: But for Ross and Taylor, clubbing has now changed forever.
3: I just didn't didn't go out. And then we did end up going to a festival. I had, a, like, an anxiety attack beforehand. And when we were at the festival, I thought I got spiked because someone just touched my back. So it was just all a process. I'm
2: terrified. It's been really, really hard mentally. At the end of the day, you think someone's spiked you or needle spiked you. Like, your first thought is, if no one had been there, what could have happened?
0: Hack on Triple J. Kimberly Price with that story and a huge thanks to Ross and Taylor for being brave enough to speak out, talk about what happened to them. It's not easy, but they did it because they want other young Aussies to know that this could happen to them. We've got messages coming through on the text line. Someone says, ''Needle spiking sounds like a sensationalised conspiracy.'' ''I don't deny people who've said it's happened, but I'm wary of making women even more scared of going out.'' The thing is, we're hearing a lot of experiences of it, and it's not just women. As you're about to hear, men are also being targeted in these attacks... Someone says, my friend plus many others were needle spiked last year during our Year 12 graduation trip. She had to go to hospital, but the others didn't realise until the morning after they woke up and they still appeared drunk. Another person says it should also be talked about the risk of uh, bloodborne diseases with use of potential dirty needles. Yeah, that is something we're going to get into in a bit. Like Kim mentioned in that story, most of the research around needle spiking in particular comes from the UK. So I want to go there now. Someone who knows quite a bit about this is Helena Connorbear, the CEO of the Alcohol Education Trust in the UK. It's a youth-focused charity. She's with me now. Hey Helena, thanks for coming on Hack. Happy to be with you. What do we know about needle spiking because I'm guessing there's a whole lot we don't know, but in the UK it seems like there are more discussions around this than there are in Australia at the moment.
4: Yes, I mean the first thing I would say is that we have far more cases of um, drink spiking than we do of needle spiking, but the cases started to be reported in a high level from about uh, autumn of twenty uh, one, two thousand and twenty one, and in fact the figures up to September of this last year, twenty three, there were over two and a half thousand reported cases of needle spiking in England and Wales. So, uh, you know, it is a significant issue um, that, unfortunately, we still understand very little about.
0: Well, I guess the big question that people listening would have is what are people being injected with? Do we know anything about what kinds of things are in these needles?
4: No, we know what that what there isn't, so something like GHB I- I is not being used. We think it's more likely that it'll be things like benzos and r- r- roofies, but we don't really like to talk about the substances um, used. And we're not even sure how these drugs are being administered. You mentioned that
0: it started to really present itself as a significant issue worth talking about a couple of years ago. Are you noticing when you're speaking to, whether it's politicians, officials, that they're taking it seriously as well? I'm talking about needle spiking.
4: Yeah, I mean, we've been working, uh, our charity, the Alcohol Education Trust, have been um, uh, supporting young people around all issues for you know 14 years now and drink spiking has has always been an issue and with much wider age groups than than just young people I I might say. What I'm pleased about is I'm not sure that spiking in its forms is increasing but what I think is is the confidence in reporting spiking and going to the police because the police and Things like um, health and wellbeing services at universities are taking reports much more seriously. So, for example, in the police force, there are dedicated officers. Every crime is investigated. They have undercover sergeants, you know, in clubs and bars where there have been reported uh, cases of spiking, for example. Most forces undertake to take a, a urine sample from victims. Um, and also premises themselves, such as bars and clubs, are doing much more with staff training and supporting victims, ensuring there's a you know a safe, a potential victim, I should say, ensuring there's a safe space, ensuring somebody's with them, getting them home safely. So awareness is growing rapidly, and our politicians and police in particular have really stepped up to the mark and are being very proactive in stamping out spiking.
0: Well, there've also been big protests in the UK, right? I've I've seen some coverage of people literally taking to the streets, demanding action.
4: Yes. So when um, there was a a big rise in reporting, which was not last autumn, but the autumn before, uh, which started with a, a case of needle spiking in Nottingham by a student and via social media, People then started reporting it much more. Uh, We've done our own surveys of of young people and we find that there's always this perception that drink spiking is carried out by strangers in nightclubs and perpetrated on young women. We found actually about a third of cases are at private parties and house parties. A large percentage are are, are, are young men um, and it's particularly prevalent in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, And also we have non-alcoholic drinks being spiked as as well as alcoholic drinks. So it's a much wider issue than that perception of, of, of girls on a night out in a nightclub.
0: That's so interesting because I think people would assume that it's basically always happening at nightclubs or that maybe young women were always the ones being targeted. So interesting to hear those uh, findings from the UK. You're listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with Helena Connebert from the Alcohol Education Trust in the UK about drink spiking, needle spiking, big issues that we're speaking about on Hack at the moment. Uh, Helena, what are the consequences here? Because we've heard from our own examples here in Australia about people losing their memory, of not remembering how they got home. It can be a lot more serious though, can't it?
4: It can, but yes, confusion, blackout, loss of memory, uh, nausea, dizziness, um, collapse. Very similar symptoms actually to being very intoxicated uh, and that's that's been part of the issue um, with sort of recognizing um, the, the signs and, and it's why, you know, some of our safety tips is always, you know, to stay with trusted friends who, you know, you keep an eye out for each other, um, uh, also for staff in premises not to presume that somebody behaving that way has had too much to drink, you know, always presume that they, they, they could have had a drug administered to them. There have been, yes, some, you know, there's some tragic, you know, very sad cases where um, uh, people are affected with, you know, terrible anxiety as a result of having been spiked, uh, paranoia, um, so, so many things. It, it's a very serious offence and something not to be taken lightly.
0: Is part of the issue that it's not being reported enough, I would imagine? Do we understand how many people are not reporting this? Are there any figures on that?
4: Well, certainly when we did the House of Commons inquiry, which, you know, I I, uh, took part in, the um, evidence collected by the House of Commons, so they collected data from just about 2000 victims who were brave enough to tell their story and also about another 1500 witnesses to spiking where it might be somebody's mother or a friend who had seen what had happened. Where that person couldn't remember what had happened Um, in 86% of those cases they haven't had any support from the police or um, hospitals or uh, hadn't received any help at all, which is, you know, really. Upsetting. Um, and we found where we did a survey of just under a thousand 16 to uh, 25 year olds. We found that 92% of them actually hadn't reported what had happened to them to the police. They were worried about not being believed or taken seriously. And, and I would say that is changing. Really, really important to say that. Uh, they were embarrassed that they couldn't remember what had happened. Uh, they thought it was too late by the time they'd worked out that, you know, something more than you know, because they couldn't remember that they needed to talk to their friends about what had happened and realised, you know, it wasn't, you know, the way they were behaving wasn't normal. And by the time they've realised, I they think it's too late to go to the police. So what I would say is certainly in the UK, police will now take blood samples up to seven days after, after an incident of spiking. Mm-hmm. Um, and although a few substances disappear quickly, a lot of uh, substances do lead leave traces, so please, please always report it. Um, Either something like victim support or direct to the police or go to your GP, all those different things. Because if it's not reported, A, spikers think they've got away with it. They think, oh, you know, there's no repercussions, you know, I don't get caught. But also we can't get an idea of, of how prevalent drink spiking is unless there is a report made.
0: Is it also possibly that people are spiking for no other reason other to spike than other than the act itself?
4: in most cases there isn't a secondary offense um so obviously in in some cases uh the motive may be sexual assault or it may be theft uh but in many cases the spiking is a standalone incident so trying to understand the motivation of somebody doing that especially when it's at a you know, a private party where, you know, it's within a wider friendship group, that's the really scary thing. You know, what is the motivation? It, 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 it's crazy, isn't it? How could you think that was funny?
0: Well, I think that might be some of the issue with people who feel like this has happened to them. They think, well, that nothing happened afterwards, so maybe it is just me. Maybe I wasn't spiked, and and that's the way of thinking. But you're saying, like, there's often nothing that happens afterwards. It doesn't mean that you weren't targeted.
4: Exactly, and, and don't remember if you were. Uh, don't forget if you were with friends who stayed with you. Then, of course, somebody who perhaps might have had sexual motivations then wouldn't have been able to take take that wish wish somewhere, if you like. So that's why staying with trusted friends and looking out for each other and you know keeping an eye on your drinks and uh, you know in multiple settings, not just when you're out on, in, in the town, is very important.
0: Well, look, we very much appreciate your time. Uh, it's been, it's been really interesting hearing your insights into this. Helena Connaber from the Alcohol Education Trust in the UK. Thank you very much for joining us on Hack.
4: Thank you, Dave.
0: And good advice there from Helena. We've got messages coming through. Someone says, disgusting. Anyone caught uh, with a spiking pin in a club or festival should be locked up. Another person, all bar staff need to be informed about spiking and all bars need procedures to deal with this. It's not their fault, but they need to be educated and prepare for it. And someone else says, Uh, I had my drink spiked by my friends at the time and since then I've had horrible anxiety. That was from Jono. People are also probably wondering how is it that you might get a needle spiked and not notice it at the time. And we've got a message in from someone, Cameron Glebe says, I'm a nurse and the insulin needles we use are super fine and they're sharp. The patient barely notices the injection. So look, it is possible and you know it is happening as we're hearing. As I mentioned, this investigation that we're doing into spiking at Hack, it's part of a big crowd source. Like we've been asking you about your experiences of drink spiking and needle spiking. We've had so many responses so far, like we're going through every single one. Here are some of the stories you've told us.
1: I went to Hawaii with a friend for my 30th birthday for a girl's trip. I had my drink spiked and at some point was injected with something and was raped. I had
5: a massive bruise on my leg, which had a very hard ball on the inside of it, which led me to believe it could have actually been by a needle. The bruise lasted about three weeks. We actually used to joke
2: and say, all right, when we get home, we've got to strip and check for needle marks after clubbing. Like, that was our new ritual after hitting the town. I was out sober at the time and in a ball pit in a club. This guy came over to me, fell on me in the ball pit and at the time I thought he'd just scratched me with his nail, but I felt weird the whole rest of the night. It wasn't until a few days later when my friend who'd been needle spiked noticed my weird bruise and told me about it. Hack! Triple J. Yeah,
0: and please, if you've got experiences of spiking, if it's happened to you, a friend, or maybe you're a nurse, a paramedic, a paramedic, sorry, you work in a bar anything like that, get in touch with us. If you go to Hack's Instagram, there's a link in our bio or you can just go to Hack's homepage and you'll find it at the bottom. You can go there and click on it. This is Hack, I'm Dave Marchese, a special needle spiking episode. We're hearing about your experiences and I do have someone with me now who has been needle spiked. Jaylena from Newcastle is on the line. Hey Jaylena, thanks for coming on. Can you explain what happened to you?
5: Hi, um, yeah. So I just turned 18 and we were going out, I think it would have been just before our HSC exams, um, and we went out to a club in Newcastle, um, King Street. We were there for probably like an hour or two, I think, and I had a guy come up to me on the dance floor and he put his hand like, up my dress and I remember like pushing him off, trying to get him off me. My friend like grabbed me, dragged me away. totally probably about half an hour later, and I was feeling absolutely so sick. I'd only had like maybe three drinks at that time. I within an hour I was like unconscious in a gutter and had to get someone to take me home. Like my friends like couldn't find them. Someone ended up coming to pick me up. I don't remember the drive home or anything. Wow. Um, <laughs> pretty insane.
0: It is insane, Jaylene. I mean, what happened then? Do you uh, remember going to the hospital? Did you go to police? What did you do?
5: I went home that night and then I'd woken up, seen the bruise on my leg and the blood around it. Um, I went and reported it to the police. The lady was not helpful at all.
0: Really? She didn't believe you or was questioning?
5: didn't even know that it was happening. And I mean, neither did any of us at the time. This was in like 2021, like November. Um, It had happened in the UK, but not really in Australia. And one of her first questions was, oh, what were you wearing? And I told her and she was like, oh, so it was quite short. I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) not that that matters at all. Um, And it kind of just felt like a dead end from there until it happened to a girl that one of my friends knew and after it happening to her, the police had contacted me again about what had happened to me because right. they were building a case.
0: And a couple um, of years... at the
5: same place.
0: So it's been a couple of years since that happened to you, Jaylena. How are you feeling about the situation now? And do you, do you think that things need to change in Australia? We need more awareness of this?
5: A hundred percent because there's still a lot of people that don't know that it's happening And like the girl said earlier, yeah, it's a bit of a joke when you get home and it's like, oh, strip down to like check everyone. But it's not really like it's something that you shouldn't have to do, but feels like you should have to.
0: Well, hey, Jaylena, thank you so much for speaking with us. It's horrible what you've been through. uh, But we're so grateful that you shared that experience because people need to be hearing what's happening and uh, you're going to help a lot of people there thank you so much and just a reminder if any of this has raised issues for you you can call lifeline on 13 11 14 we heard a bit earlier from helena in the uk about the research they've done there but what about here in australia like if you're spiked what should you do and that's the big question people are probably asking. Dr. David Caldercot is from ANU's medical school. He's an emergency doctor, an expert in illicit drug, drug use uh, and a regular on Hack. David, welcome back to Hack. Hey, how you going? Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, we've heard that there have been thousands of reports of needle spiking in the UK. Yeah. We've just heard about some reports from young Australians. Is needle spiking something doctors know is happening?
6: I think um, doctors who deal with the nighttime economy, for example, uh, they're probably familiar with these stories, um, and uh, people who are interested in toxicology might be. It might not be something that's known across um, the the medical profession, but I think there will be people who have heard these stories um, or histories uh, that have been presented with patients um, who believe that they've been spiked.
0: If you have been spiked, what should you do? Like, what should be the the first things that you're thinking of?
6: Well, I think um, there's two answers to this uh, question. And the the issue is, have you been poisoned and has a crime been committed? Um, The most important thing for us as doctors is to make sure that you're not harmed from being poisoned. There's a lot of interest in this in the United Kingdom at the moment, um, mostly to try to work out what is actually going on, because it's not entirely clear what is going on. It certainly does appear to be the case um, that people are being jabbed with needles. We, we know that for certain. Um, what we don't know is whether or not anybody is being injected with uh, any um, drugs. Um, there's, as you say, been thousands of these reports, and to date, We've not really found any drugs, and the sort of drugs that could do this to a person are the sort of drugs that we should be able to find. Um, So not only should somebody seek medical care uh, for uh, a potential poisoning, a deliberate poisoning, it would also be very useful um, for the rest of public health and and other people who might uh, suffer the same uh, experience to see if we can identify a uh, a poison or a drug that has been introduced. Um, To date, we've really not been able to do that, and that's despite a lot of these incidents being reported. We should absolutely... Um, the medical profession should believe people who believe something like this has happened to them and provide the benefit of doubt and go looking. Unfortunately, because of the way we are in Australia, a lot of these sort of very sophisticated analytical techniques are based through law enforcement. So to get this sort of extended toxicological analysis at some level, you may well have to involve law enforcement.
0: Is this something that uh, experts here in Australia are talking to those in the UK about? Is there a lot of cooperation there in terms of the information that we're, we're getting from reports?
6: Oh, I think there is a, a conversation and that would be uh, quite a rarefied conversation in those groups of people who are interested in that uh, sort of uh, clinical presentation. So you would definitely have forensic toxicologists, toxicologists themselves, maybe emergency people with a special interest in spiking. Uh, drink spiking has obviously been around considerably longer, um, but the idea of uh, of sticking needles into random strangers at nightclubs I think is... is, is Perhaps even more reprehensible uh, because, of course, it carries with it that sort of um, deliberate violation, which could include uh, bloodborne viruses.
0: Well, I was so- going to ask about that. I mean, uh, regardless of whether or not something's been injected into you, how concerned should you be about the risk of bloodborne diseases with needle spiking?
6: Look, we don't know much. That's part of the problem is we don't know much about what sort of um, devices are being used, whether they are hollow bore needles used for injecting things or whether they're simple pins. Um, to my best of my knowledge, there haven't been that many devices or perpetrators caught in possession of such devices. Um, Hollow-bore needles, which are originally blood-stained, are obviously far more concerned than a clean um, safety pin. Um, But without knowing what people are using, it becomes quite difficult to ascertain. You can certainly understand how victims uh, who have had a needle stuck into them, never mind being injected with something or not, how they would be quite apprehensive about the consequences of such an event occurring.
0: For sure. Um, well, it's uh, good advice there. I mean, you're saying uh, go seek medical attention, also uh, contact authorities. You might need to go to police as well. Dr David Caldecott from ANU's Medical School, thank you very much for coming on Hack. My pleasure. We've got some more comments coming through someone says drink spiking has been around on the lgbt scene for decades another person says my partner had two beers in a bar on the gold coast mid afternoon on a weekday she ended up acting like she was wasted left her friends went home alone and fully blacked out she reported that to the police and venue staff and wasn't taken seriously by either she gave up on that And we never knew what really happened that day. We've also got comments on Instagram. Someone says needle spiking makes it sound like their own needles were spiked. The reality is far more terrifying. And someone else, what the F is wrong with some humans doing this to innocent people? Please do better. And that's all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast for now. I'll catch you next time. Hack on Triple J.